Hi there, and welcome to Plant CEO. In today's episode, I'd like to welcome my guest, Ria Reberg, the CEO from Veganery. Hi, Ria, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm great. Very excited about this interview. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. I'm so happy that you've managed to take time to, to speak to me today. Um, so yeah, there's there's so much that we've got to talk about, but let, let's start about um, maybe your background. Um, you know, you've been in animal equality now for a number of years, so it'd be great to hear a little bit about that and and tell us what, what led you to join Veganery. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have a business background in intercultural communications, nice. um, but I worked in, as you said, animal equality, so an animal protection organization for several years as their co-executive director for Germany. And, you know, their work was mainly focused on uncovering conditions in factory farms and working with media and you know, companies to change conditions for farmed animals. And then since the beginning of 2019, I've been hired by the founders of Veganuary to join their team. And it's been an exciting ride so far, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's quite funny that you worked in, in that side. I mean, recently I was approached by an uh, undercover investigator to be interviewed on the show, even though that's not my angle, but I'm actually considering that just to, you know, give a different angle to this, to this show. Um, but how, how important do you think that is? And does it, my concern is that it might put off a lot of people, but I think it's an important point to address these conditions in that's happening in animal farming. For sure. I mean, I think it's incredible important. And we know from the past that investigations like these have like driven important corporate change. They've driven important legislative change. You know, it is a reminder for everyone when these images are shown in the media of what's actually happening on factory farms. I mean, I think they're crucial for um, our, you know, aim to create a more vegan world and to reduce animal suffering. So I think, you know, all of the organizations working in this area, I think, uh, need um, support uh, from, from all the vegans out there. Yeah, I, I guess there is this disconnect, isn't there, between what, what ends up in your plate and how the animal was farmed to get to that point. Uh, and, and these sort of investigations and the conditions highlight that it's not an easy ride for those animals to, to be, you know, in that condition. So I think it's important too. Um, so can you explain when you actually turned uh, vegan yourself and what led you personally to make that change? Sure. So I've been vegan for about 10 years now. And um, the sort of spark that led me to become what I would consider, you know, an activist and a vegan was when I was studying in Spain, and I was the only German, of course, in my Spanish class, and we had um, the topic of Nazi Germany. And I, as the German, was being confronted by the rest of my um, yeah, mates and, and class as to how Germans could have let something this horrible happen. And obviously, you know, there's no easy question to this. We all want to be the person that sees injustices that are happening all around you and we want to be the person that would you know do something against it even if you know the majority of the population does something that's clearly immoral and wrong and unethical and that kind of just sparked something in me to say like I want to be a person that sees injustices and obviously I'm you know not at all trying to compare injustices happening to humans and animals, but it was just something that sort of made me more aware of things that 
are considered normal in our society, like eating meat and really thinking if that's something that I personally, as an ethical person, want to be supporting. And I was always such a huge animal lover. Like since I was born, really, you know, we had a dog when I was growing up. And um, to me, the idea of eating these animals that I loved seeing on pastures, loved playing with, it just became something pretty absurd. So I decided pretty much uh, a few weeks afterwards that I was going to go vegan and that I was going to become an animal protection activist. Yeah. That's the end of the story, I guess. Yeah. So that was during your, your time at university in Spain. That was, exactly. um, was, was there anything, I mean, even, even though you were, you know, uh, you know, an animal lover, but in terms of, um, you know, content or videos or, you know, something that you read, uh, did anything trigger, trigger you personally as well during that time? Yeah, I, when I started looking into the topic, you know, obviously I read the typical books like Animal Liberation by Peter Singer, which is very ethically focused, of course, and watched, you know, documentaries like Earthlings that are just so, you know, heartbreaking and earth shattering and all of these books and films and conversations, getting to know vegans and speaking to them. Um, has really uh, obviously strengthened the position a lot because you start looking into it more, you start you know finding more information. You're just like, how how have I not been aware, or how have I been able to push this away every single day of my life that I wasn't caring about it? So I think the more you start really looking into the topic, you know, see start seeing all the connections of you know how we're treating animals, how we're treating the planet, how we're um, jeopardizing our health, like how it's all connected and how there's one pretty simple solution to many of the major problems our you know, planet and humanity really is facing at the moment has been obviously really eye-opening. I think it's been to almost everyone who, who went vegan, they go kind of through the same you know, steps. Um, and many people I know say, you know, being vegan or choosing a plant-based diet has been the best decision of their lives. And it's definitely been a, a hugely important one in my life as well. Meat. Flesh. She got this! Veg. Gemüse. Verduras. And um, so now to Veganery, it's been, you know, hugely successful. Um, so congratulations over the last few years. Um, why do you think people have changed uh, over the years and why are they, you know, really uh, focused on your cause in, in January to make this happen? And it'd be good to know about the current numbers that you're seeing as well. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe just to give sort of a big a bit of an intro of what Veganery is. So it's, you know, a UK charity it comes from the UK originally was founded by Jane Land and Matthew Glover. And it is sort of the idea of eating a plant-based diet for the month of January. Very often, you know, as a New Year's resolution type of thing. And then ideally, you know, sticking to it afterwards, at least sort of that's our master plan behind it. And, um, you know, obviously with, you know, the aim to reduce animal suffering, to protect the planet, to improve people's health. And we really see that these are sort of the three main reasons why people change or why people want to do Veganuary. 
Um, so last year, I think it was about 38% that did it mainly for their own health because, you know, they heard somewhere that they might feel better or some people have, you know, weight loss or weight gain goals and just overall want to feel, you know, stronger or healthier. And it's actually uh, quite interesting because we usually do surveys with everyone that, you know, does Veganuary. And usually over 50% last year, even I think 63% of people said that after one month of eating plant-based, they felt health improvements on their own body. So, you know, it's, it's really something that I think you can experience quite quickly if you stick to a more whole foods, healthy plant-based diet. Mm. Um, and then the second biggest reason, of course, is, is always animals. It's been the number one reason for many years. So health has just kind of climbed up there now. And then uh, protecting the planet, you know, helping the environment, um, you know, all of the um, areas that are related to it, deforestation, species extinction, water, um, um, waste, and so on. Um, that's sort of been the reason number three, and it's climbing each year as well. So we really see that this one is one that now with, you know, climate change, luckily finally getting more media attention um, is really something that people start to connect to a heavily animal-based diet. And they're seeing that, you know, changing the diet is a really easy way to help the planet and, and help us, you know, hopefully prevent a huge climate crisis going forward. Yeah. And so how many, uh, how many people have actually taken up the challenge uh, over the last few years, I guess? Yeah, so since uh, 2014, when Veganio was founded, we've had now uh, about 1 million people register through our website, you know, to, to take part, to eat plant-based for months, receive our resources and emails. But um, several, you know, research institutes all found that about 10 times the amount of people actually do Veganuary, so eat plant-based in January, then uh, register through our website. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, it's been, um, and sort of the reason for it is that, you know, or kind of the way how Veganuary works is that, of course, we want to inspire, you know, big masses of people to do this as like a collective thing to have a collective impact. But we, to drive that, we always try to create a sort of media buzz around it. So we have incredible celebrity ambassadors. Last year, we had people like Joaquin Phoenix or Alicia Silverstone or Paul McCartney sort of speak out. Um, about you know this idea and inspire people to go vegan for the month of January, um, and then we do lots of sort of marketing and PR stunt activations. We launched our first ever TV spot last year, and, and you know things like that. And just with all of this media buzz being created, this in turn then gives you know companies and businesses an ideal opportunity, sort of as or you know a, a marketing tool really after the very meat heavy Christmas period to focus a one month campaign activation on vegan products. So launching new vegan products, launching new vegan menus in restaurants, um, using their advertisement budget to speak more about the vegan ranges that they already have, just generally speaking about all of the great reasons of why people should go vegan and, and eat more plant-based products. So what we're seeing is that you know, last year alone, we had over 600 companies on board that used, you know, the advertisement budget to speak positively about veganism at Veganuary. More than 1,200 vegan products and menus um, added to, you know, the market or launched into the market. And 
we're kind of seeing that this all works in tandem together. So if you know someone hears about us through the internet and signs up, then you know they receive information, they can go vegan, but we're never as a small charity gonna be able to reach everyone, obviously. So some people might never hear from us, but they'll go into their supermarket and they'll see you know, veganuary aisles there and the supermarket encouraging them to try more vegan products or, you know, they go to, I don't know, their favorite pizza restaurant, be it, I don't know, Pizza Hut or another one. And all of a sudden they see the veganuary menu that has three new vegan pizzas on it. And that tells them how to sign up to veganuary and eat vegan for the month of January. So really sort of is this, we call it more like of a triangle where, you know, as creating the vegans or inspiring people to try vegan four months of January then helps companies get uh, involved because they see it as an opportunity to market their vegan products whereas you know large availability and visibility of vegan products then again creates more people eating more plant-based products so uh, we've been uh, really quite excited to see how this worked and you know, some um, examples from last year, we had, for example, you know, Subway in the UK launched their meatless meatball marinara, which was really popular. I loved it. I tried it too. Um, companies like, you know, KFC launched a plant-based burger and said, you know, it sold 1 million vegan burgers in the first months that they won sale in the UK. Um, this um, food delivery service Deliveroo said that their orders had increased by uh, 70 something percent um, compared to the previous year. Um, and also we see that, you know, it's not just um, companies, or, or we like to focus on companies that have a high proportion of animal products because then when they launch a vegan option, obviously that saves more animals. But we also see that you know, veganuary is a great opportunity for vegan brands or overwhelmingly um, or, or with a majority of vegan products. So we saw that, you know, Hellman's um, vegan mayonnaise increased 400% in sales during January. Um, corn also said, you know, they had shortages um, with their corn and cauldron products because they couldn't keep up with the demand that was created in January. So we really see that it's sort of it all works together in a way um, that I think is quite exciting to see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the supermarkets uh, are starting to take note. Um, you know, they're, they're seeing, obviously, as, as a result of this year, the increase of sales of their, uh, of their vegan products and people searching for vegan products. Uh, as the UK has been the first major supermarket to now have its own ambient um, aisle uh, for vegan products. Do you think there's more to be done with supermarkets and is that an area that you're also sort of uh you know talking to and your, your teams talking to those uh large large supermarkets to, to bring about uh, a more permanent solution other than just uh promoting it in january um because that's also part of your work and some misconceptions is that you do work throughout the the year so the other 11 months <laughs> yeah very much that's true so obviously you know january is a great months to test out things because there's just so much buzz around the vegan idea at least in the uk we're hoping you know it's sparking into other countries as well now but um yeah obviously the idea is for things to stay that way right we want supermarkets to bring new vegan products to the market but we then don't want them to take them out of the shelves in february you know if they're going well if people you know are 
interested in seeing them, they've tried them, they've liked them, they stick with them, and then they're uh, staying in the supermarkets long-term. And of course, we don't sort of um, publish our plans with companies before they're being released in you know, December or January of this year, but we already know that basically all of the big um, UK supermarkets are on board with the January. So there's definitely going to be a lot of movement. And we also have several uh, supermarkets and discounters in Germany, for example, where we launched yeah. last year for the first time already on board uh, preparing the January campaign. So supermarkets are definitely a big um, uh, section sort of of our work and they have you know huge potential to, to drive veganism forward, of course. Yeah. And it's uh, it's amazing that they're also investing in their own label ranges of foods, and that and that's really taking off quite well uh, at the same time. As long as there's there's enough innovation happening with with the other startups, and they also have room to grow. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely seeing that with a lot of the uh, discount supermarkets here as well. Um, so that's all good. Um, so if um, there's vegans uh, and they want to make a change within their own workplace, for example, um, I guess now with, with this year's pandemic, um, you know, it's more, you know, virtual, maybe they're not spending enough time uh, actually in physical locations or they might have a one or two days a week. But what, what can, you know, these um, individual vegans do to help promote it within their own organizations? Is there something that you're doing to support them? Yeah, that's a great question. So the uh, Vegan Your Workplace Challenge was launched a few years back and we've really seen it um, take off quite a lot. So last year we had 57 companies uh, and institutions from the UK, US, Germany, um, I think a few other countries to get on board and have you know their workforce inspired to eat more vegan food or completely vegan in January. And uh, in many cases, it was even, you know, the CEOs of the companies doing it themselves, which is always a great media story. So the Times, for example, published an article about the CEO of Pizza Hut and the um, uh, managing director of um, Marks and Spencer's uh, doing the January. And obviously, nice. you know, things like that are uh, amazing uh, media stories, but it, it doesn't always need to sort of come from the company itself but as you say you know if you're a vegan and you're working in a company or you have you know several colleagues you can either you know get together with your colleagues if you know usually you're going out to eat or there's catering and just decide you're going to do vegan or try to get um, other people involved and inspire them to take part sometimes you know offering to help them prepare meals or share recipes and obviously you know we have meal plans and all sorts of resources on our email series which is for free so people can sign up and get all sorts of information about how to start their plant-based journey. And then also what you can do, um, you know, especially if it's maybe a bigger company and you're not able to speak to everyone in, you know, in your team or in the company on a personal level as speaking to senior management and explaining to them how this is, you know, not only a great idea to, you know, out of altruistic reasons to help save the planet and animals, but it, it can also be a great, you know, marketing opportunity to speak about how the company is doing something positive and, and the kind of uh, tools they're offering interested employees to eat more plant-based. So that's definitely something that you can do. And, and also like, um, you know, so many people are working from home now and it might just not be sort of feasible, but um, I think everyone sort of has, you know, their favorite restaurant or their favorite takeout that they order from. And, you know, you can ask them to put a new vegan product on the menu for January. And we have on our website, we have lots of resources. So for 
you know, workplace challenge or just generally restaurants getting involved in veganuary. So you can just send the toolkits out that are there on our website and sort of um, see if you can get a few restaurants to join and, and add more vegan um, options to their menus. So I think that's always something that you can do apart from obviously just speaking to friends and family and, and asking them to, you know, try something for as a new year's resolution and, and try plant-based for January. Yeah, uh, I'll put those uh, links up on, on the description so people can go to that. Um, so um, can you tell me like how your, what, what your media outreach strategy is? Like uh, you mentioned that you had these uh, good ambassadors that you mentioned, but how are you attracting more people uh, from a you know, marketing point of view and, and what sort of channels are you working with? Yeah, absolutely. So of course we work with, you know, social media, we have channels there um, and post all year round uh, trying to, uh, to get people to consider their diet. But we also work with, you know, um, public media, so to say, all over the world. So last year we had, you know, stories in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, we won the cover of the Times and the New Scientist, you know, we have regular stories in the Guardian or the Independent and sort of um, all of these well-known newspapers, we have, you know, countless TV um, appearances and reports. So we really try to spread the message quite widely and to make sure that we can pitch to a large variety of different media angles and media stories. We kind of need to think about, you know, what do we have to pitch? So as you said, obviously we have celebrity ambassadors. So there are certain media that are always going to be interested in what celebrity is saying one to another. Um, and obviously, you know, our ambassadors have been incredible in helping us get the message out there and reaching a, a wider audience. But we also always try to release new research, um, you know, either being around veganuary as a challenge itself or just veganism. Um, so we can pitch those stories and those results to media that are more scientifically focused um, mm, or have yeah. a more scientifically interested audience. Um, obviously, we work with businesses to pitch uh, stories about their new products. So that happens very often then in January or they pitch their own uh, media stories when they launch a new product to the market. Or also, I mean, media love stories about you know, how Veganier has impacted sales of vegan products or, or things like that. And, you know, the roundup stories behind uh, after Veganier. So the surveys, how did the participants get on? How many people signed up in each country? So we, we see a lot of media stories about that. Um, also, a lot of local media obviously loves stories about someone doing Veganier from their local community and how they're getting along and do they see health um, benefits and things like that. So we, we always try to get um, participants that are willing to speak to the media about um, their personal experience with Veganuary. And um, then of course, you know, as we spoke about earlier, companies doing the workplace challenge is something that usually gets uh, really positive and great media coverage, like the story about the um, CEOs doing uh, veganuary, like especially if it's off, you know, companies such as Pizza Hut that are more well known for their non-vegan products. Yeah. Um, and then the probably last angle that we have is, you know, when we do a TV ad or billboards or something like that, we usually get coverage in magazines or newspapers that are more interested in sort of marketing stories and, and PR activation. So we really try to a pitch a very wide range of um, stories just because really I think you know veganism is 
is for everyone. It's, you know, eating a plant-based diet can have benefits for everyone and almost everyone, I suppose, can, can do it quite easily if they wanted to. So obviously we know there's a, a target audience that's more likely to do it, but still um, when reaching out and trying to spread the message, um, we'd love for you know everyone to know what began your years and to just see it as an opportunity to do something do something nice for the month of January. And we actually did some um, we looked into some research uh, earlier this year as to how many people actually knew of veganuary in the UK. And we found out it was 40%. So we were quite happy um, with that result as well. Um, I think 40% of a population know what you're doing or what you're about. That's a, that's a pretty good number. And we were quite happy to hear that. And are you working on um, some research now for, for, for next year um, to release? Uh, is that something that you can speak about yet? Or are you still working on that? Yeah, we, we do. Um, so we'll release some uh, research. I'm not able to say what the results are yet, but it's about, you know, one like very typical uh, misconception that people have or, you know, reply that we get is, you know, um, a vegan diet is so much more expensive than uh, an animal product based uh, diet. And uh, we have some research around that, that we're going to be publishing to, yeah. to stop that misconception going around. Yeah. And then we also have um, some really exciting research about the impact that our 1 million people have had that have done veganuary. So obviously you know, impact on animals, but also on the environment. So we're really excited about releasing that um, quite soon too. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you mentioned, um, you know, there's 10, 10 times more people who, who do try uh, veganism. Um, in the UK, there's different stats of how many vegans there are now. Um, do you know roughly what your what you think how many people are actually vegan like today i don't know i i, I don't want to you know pretend i'm an expert there and i'm sure there's you know other organizations such as the vegan society that are looking into that you know with more precision i'm pretty sure there hasn't been like an official count um, yeah. uh, lately so it's really really hard to say i mean it's and so many people say this, like if you've been in the UK in January, it's just like everything's about veganism. Like you can't turn on the TV without, you know, a story around veganism. You can't go to the supermarket without, you know, being bombarded by all the vegan offerings. You like walk down the high street and all of the big restaurants have like their vegan menus out front. I mean, it seems so um, predominantly um, available everywhere and I mean the options are just incredible I'm living in Berlin and there's lots of great options here but it's just not comparable to the UK so um, I mean I'd be surprised if the numbers wouldn't have gone up really significantly in the, in the last year so it would be great to get some some renewed numbers there yeah it'd be good to get I, uh, I'll try and find that out <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, David Attenborough uh, has just uh, launched his uh, new documentary A Life on Our Planet uh, not sure if you've seen that and what your thoughts around that documentary, um, especially the, the part where he talks about uh, eating mainly plant-based diet. Yeah, I've seen it. And, you know, I mean, I think it's so beautifully done. Um, and uh, we, we obviously knew that this statement from him was going to be in there before it was launched about them um, eating, you know, a, a plant-based diet to save the planet. And we were really, really excited for this documentary. And I think in the end, when I watched it, just because I went in with so much excitement, I was like, oh, wow, okay, it's really just one sentence in a really yeah. long uh, documentary. But I, I still think that it really 
um, it, it portrays this idea of, you know, what, or like the fact of what we've done to this planet and said in just a generation in just one lifetime, and that is his lifetime, what we've done to, you know, other um, animal species that we're sharing this planet with and how many of them have gone extinct and, and how we as humans are driving this, how we're driving the destruction of, you know, the rainforest, of the natural habitat of, of animals and really how, how sad and tragic it is to know that, you know, our children will never experience anything remotely similar to what David Attenborough has been able to experience in his early 20s or something like that. So it's been, I think it's it's a really important documentary that really hopefully reaches a lot of people and um, gives us all the sense of power of we can and we need to do something now to stop this because we only have a few years left really to turn all of this around. So um, obviously I think it's huge that David Attenborough did speak about a plant-based diet, but as usual, I would have liked to maybe um, hear it a bit more often or make it a bit more prominent in the documentary. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was trying to, you know, look at the point where he was going to include it in and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, near the end. Uh, but yeah, um, so what are your expansion plans now? So you're in the UK, I think you just launched in Chile, uh, which is, uh, an interesting market that's also growing quite a lot for veganism so it'd be great to know why there but also where where you're planning next yeah absolutely so um when i came on board there were already obviously veganio was international so we had participants from over 119 countries already and um we were sort of driving campaigns in different countries, but we didn't have sort of official veganer campaigns that within our own staff on the ground, working in those countries, making the media connections, working with uh, companies and so on. So um, last year, for the first time, we started um, in the US and in Germany. We're really uh, quite happy with them, how the first year went and how Veganier is starting to get some really great, you know, ambassadors and media coverage and lots of companies joining in. And as you said, we also launched in Latin America, so predominantly in Chile last year. And this year we're taking uh, on board Argentina and Brazil as well, because we saw such great results in, in Chile last year. And then we also work with, you know, partner organizations in several other countries So we have amazing partner organizations in Sweden and Italy and Switzerland and um, India this year. And we're adding French as a language this year. So we're really, um, yeah, just trying to give the idea of Veganuary to other organizations to make, you know, their own out of it and, and use it for their own efforts really, because obviously we as a small team, we, we can't be everywhere and we don't want to be everywhere. It, you know, if there's an amazing organization that's, um, that can take advantage of um, this idea and this uh, movement, then we're really grateful if they take it on. And make their yeah, own. yeah. And uh, there's there's other organizations, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Paul McCartney's got, you know, Meat Free Mondays, and then you've got Green Monday in Asia. Um, do you see also China being a, a potential opportunity for you to partner there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's uh, it's like a well-known fact that Asia is the region that we need to focus on a lot um, in the future, just because, you know, when we really look at reducing animal suffering, that's where the numbers are. Um, the reason I think we haven't done it so far is that we wanted to strengthen the campaign in the countries where we feel more secure. You know, we have, it's in English, it's in mostly in, uh, in sort of, 
um, cultures that are more closer to how we understand and see the world. So obviously going into China, I think is going to require working obviously a lot as always with people from the ground, but really rethinking, you know, is this the right strategy and approach? Is this something that's going to work over there? You know, obviously we in, in Europe or in, in, in the US, we see it as a new year's resolution, but I mean, that is not happening in China in January. So there's just so many things that need to be taken into consideration. And um, once we're ready, we'll definitely you know, try to, to get a foot in the door there as well, but it needs to be you know, strategic and thought through. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, might need to rebrand it for after the Chinese New Year, I guess. <laughs> um, <Fair> <laughs> um, so where do you finally see uh, Veganery evolving over the next few years? Yeah, so we've decided to focus much more on our flagship countries. Um, so I think in the US, we're at a point where, you know, Veganery is almost happening um, automatically in a way. So obviously we do do a lot of work there and we do speak to a lot of companies and get them involved and give them all the tools, but people know what Veganuary is and, and people are going to be doing it going forward and companies are going to get involved. Whereas, you know, that's the kind of uh, tipping point that we want to reach in Germany, that we want to reach in other parts of Europe, that we want to reach in the US um, overall, because obviously in the US, there's so many companies that have you know, worldwide influence. Um, so we've been really proud of the work we've been able to achieve there with just such few people in just one year, but there's so much more potential there and there's so many more organizations we can partner there with and we already have brilliant partners in all of these countries, but um, I think if we really need to focus more resources on, you know, creating a similar movement in those countries than we've been able to do it in the UK and then obviously Latin America. It's a big focus for us at the moment. Mm. Um, and yeah, going forward, we we are really interested in Asia and, and um, you know, looking into expansion plans there. So this year we're going to be focusing much more on India than in, in the years before and who knows, potentially China. In Singapore also we have partners, for example, that are running the campaign there. So we'll mm. see how that goes this year. And who, who have you partnered with in those those areas? Um, in, yeah, if you can talk about that, that would be cool. Sure. So in India, we're partnering with a trust that's called Ahimsa Trust. So they're supporting us um, in, you know, driving people to sign up. And then we're working with activists on the ground that have helped us, you know, localize our email series and our pledge and really sort of um, um, make the Veganuary journey um, something adapted to a person living in India and, you know, the kind of um, resources that they need and the kind of um, tips on supermarket halls that they need. So really, you know, trying to um, adapt our resources there. And then in uh, Singapore, we're actually working with uh, Green Monday now for this okay. Um, okay. first time. So that would yeah. be quite interesting too. Yeah, awesome. Great. So yeah, wish you all, all the best for for uh, obviously this January coming up, um, but also for the rest of the year and all the the work that you're doing to encourage uh, this and bring about awareness and education. And yeah, I'll definitely put those links up uh, if anyone's interested to find out more. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>